Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitars, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. I want to thank all of you uh, for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Thank you all for your continued and growing support uh, with the Seems Legit Podcast. Really, it means the world to me, so I thank you all so much for that. Uh, a few big shout outs here to our... Uh, Dear friends of the podcast, first and foremost, B-Boys Honey, uh, located here in Manitoba, sourced here in Manitoba, made here in Manitoba, wonderful honey, uh, finding it more and more shops. If you see it, try it. Uh, I can't say enough good things about them. You won't be sorry. Also locally here, we have uh, Selfix Doctors, located at 666 St. James Street. Please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, screen repair needs you might have. Mention the Seems Legit podcast and receive 10% off. Also, Skin Dimensions, located on Corden Avenue. Please go see them for any of your tattooing and piercing needs. Uh, go see uh, Kelly and Glenn for your tattooing and Claire for your piercing. Um, the bulk of my work has been done by them. Uh, can't say enough good things about them as people and tattoo artists and about how they run their shop. Uh, so go see them uh, for any of that. Uh, big shout out to our uh, boys down in uh, Fayetteville, Georgia at Zero Gravity Games, uh, specializing in used rare vintage games. Uh, they have gaming tournaments, uh, just a great place to go hang out. Uh, that's my buddy Ronnie Max shop, uh, hell of a poker player as well, great guy, great friend. Can't say enough good things about their business, check them out. Also want to give a final shout out uh, here to uh, my buddies down in Vegas, the Vegas Squares podcast, sports talk by sports fans for sports fans. All right, so I guess it's kind of fitting that I uh, kind of finish off my big shout-outs there with uh, Sports Talk, as I think that's kind of where we're going to go with today's episode. Uh, so, as you... Well, as you know, I don't know why I would make that assumption. But anyway, uh, winter, I hope, is kind of done here in Manitoba. They had been projecting that it would be a sudden jump kind of from winter to spring, and uh, we'd have a warm spring going into a warm summer this year. And it seems to be coming to fruition. Um, temperatures kind of uh, did jump uh, late last week into early this week. Um, snow was melting. Uh, we had a snowfall last night. It's already melted from my driveway. So I think our days of clearing snow for the year are done, or for the season rather, not for the year, but for the season uh, are behind us. So that's uh, good news. Uh, mind you, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of shoveling your own snow. I think it's phenomenal exercise. I used it as a great uh, exercise tool. I uh, am, as I as you guys know, trying to get back into better shape. Uh, I use it as a great tool uh, this winter. Um, it's just such a great whole body workout um, stretch. Um, I don't recommend doing it, uh, you know, if you haven't been working out or anything beforehand. But it's a great supplemental workout. Um, it's whole body. Get the cardio aspect. You really burn um, a lot of calories doing it, so it's a great form of exercise. Great thing to do in the winter. I like it. I find it kind of therapeutic. So, um, but that's done now. So I guess it's on to yard work for all of us, uh, which is fine. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. When I was younger, I always felt like yard work was easier than snow clearing, and I don't know why I thought that. Uh, because I think it's completely the opposite um and now that i do it more i especially I'm like wait no uh something i discovered with age i guess was that uh yard work was not easier than uh winter kind of um property maintenance but anyway um which was kind of funny that was um my first job 
well, kind of my second job, but the first job I got on my own, even then, um, was as the groundskeeper at my old condo complex uh, when I was graduating high school. And uh, that was a great job, actually. I, I was, you know, it's, a, it's actually one of those things because you're young and you're stupid. So you think the most important thing to do is have a girlfriend and hang out with your friends and stuff. But that was a fucking fabulous job. Um, I was still really big into staying in shape and being in shape back then. And I mean, you're young, so it's, it's a lot easier. But that was, um, yeah, that was my kind of first uh, post high school and ending high school job. Uh, my ex-girlfriend had gotten me a job working at her da- um, dad's company doing restoration work. Uh, that was my first job. Uh, and that was actually good work too and paid well. Um, I remember the good old days, as I say, of, of lower minimum wage. Like people always give me a hard time for that. Uh, but I remember just how wonderful things were back then. Everything was so much cheaper. Um, you actually felt like you were getting things for your money and you could make money last. Um, like I, I still remember living in a time when a million bucks was a lot of money. Um, and then as you see as things inflate nowadays, it's crazy, uh, what's happened, uh, to our perception of money and spending, um, an economy and all of that. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know how it has made this turn, but that's something for another podcast. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, so, uh, so it appears we're well on our way now to spring and summer here in Winnipeg. The neat thing about Winnipeg is whilst we have absolutely frigid winters, um, which this year seem to be particularly cruel, our summers are gorgeous. They're absolutely beautiful. I think the fact that we have so much kind of lake, country within a a relatively close proximity of the city Um, we have the beach kind of right outside the city Uh, and then just a little farther we have the two nicer beaches um, birds hill and then um, what's it called grand beach victoria beach uh, winnipeg beach all these places so we have a lot of um, cottagey kind of areas a lot of country areas Um, that real kind of earthy feel areas for lack of a better term I don't know what to call it um which is really quite aesthetically pleasing um and very cleansing for the soul I've never identified much as a cottage goer per se um and I and I still don't but I can understand the therapeutic benefits to cottaging um you know maybe this summer just do things a little differently like maybe you know have some activities to do to stay a little more active I think that was probably the problem is you just get a little too restless uh, but, um, I can understand it. I mean, it is refreshing. It is very therapeutic. Um, I think I'd read somewhere the health benefits of living and being near water or natural occurring water. So, um, who knows, but we have a lot of that in Winnipeg. Plus the temperature is quite nice. Um, we do have a nice blend of heat and humidity, uh, which is funny because some days in Winnipeg, it's far worse and can be far harder to um, handle the heat than even when I'm down in Las Vegas. And I mean, the numerical temperature is much hotter in Vegas, but it's a dry heat that you can almost kind of just survive. Um, here, it's like it's a heavy, heavy heat. Uh, so we get that. We also have a lot of nice parks, things like that. And Winnipeg just kind of, it, it really comes alive in the summer. It's a, it's a summer city, um, if you ask me. Uh, even though we have the Jets and all of that, and we're, very, we're all very happy to have them back, Winnipeg is very much a summer-type city. And I, I mean, this year, especially as I've 
really um, tried to make those kind of healthier lifestyle changes, being less sedentary, moving about more, um, getting into shape. Um, and that's something you don't realize just how badly out of shape you are until you're getting back into shape. And I look back at even like, you know, where I was exercising a month ago versus now, two months ago, um, three months. And I'm just, I, you know, I, I'm blown away myself a little bit with my progress. Um, but it is hard work. I'm not uh, going to hide that. It is very, very hard. And it, it, it is true. It is harder with age. I don't know why I convinced myself in my 20s that I was kind of getting, you know, doing just enough. I wish I had, I had really instilled uh, or kept a lot of the good habits I had as a teenager and in my early 20s. Um, I, I wish I'd kept those um, kind of moving forward, but oh well. So got to make up for it now. And uh, that kind of leads me into where I was going is um, summertime activities here in uh, beautiful Winnipeg. Um, and the easiest one is patios. Um, I'm a big fan of patio time. Uh, patio season is very important to me. Um, definitely helps with my mental um, well-being. Um, I just find it's very uplifting. I find it's a nice social gathering. I'm just a very big fan of patios, even if it's just sitting there and even having just one beer and just nursing it for a few hours. I think being outside, being with people you're close to, I think that's just wonderful. And I'm a big fan of patio time. And I think maybe that's why the draw to places like Vegas appeals to me is because, I mean, patio season there is much longer. And that is just something I really, I don't know, I've just grown to enjoy. It's like anything, right? Sometimes people are probably going to look at me and be like, why patios? Like, why are patios so important? It's no different than, I guess, fishing to some people. Like, you don't have to get it. It's what's important and what I like. And it is what it is. Um, so patios are really important to me, but you kind of need to burn those patio calories, and as I said, there's a lot of neat and interesting things which kind of create conundrums and things like that. So we'll get into all of that now. Um, a couple of big things is golf. Um, I know golf for, golf is huge kind of all over the place. Um, and especially in Manitoba. Um, we do have some fairly nice golf courses. Uh, so I, I know that uh, people like to take advantage of their – whether it be memberships or just going out with friends – Golfing is something that uh, can be nice. It's a very nice social activity. Um, and for me, that's kind of, I'm kind of at that point with my golf game and kind of leads me to the problem with golf. Is there certain sports and activities, in my opinion, well, I, th I don't even think in my opinion, I think it's just fact, that require a certain level of proficiency for it to be enjoyable. And golf is very much that, in my opinion. I think you can't be a bad golfer and enjoy the game. I think usually it's because you've been drinking all afternoon and you're with your friends. That's probably what's leading to the, if you're a bad golfer. But I know like at myself, I didn't have fun when I didn't have basic golfing skills. Uh, and as I've gotten better and better at golfing, I enjoy it more and more. And actually a few years ago, I put together just an unreal round of golf where I actually shot in the minuses um, which I was shocked. I think it was like minus five or something, which I was incredibly shocked. Um, but it ended up, uh, it was some kind of charity or fundraising event, whatever it was. So it won our team, um, a bunch of prizes, which was nice. I was happy. I was able to help out in that capacity, but yeah, I find I, my enjoyment of it went up drastically, not just for the social aspect, but the actual, um, participating in doing the activity aspect of it. 
That was very important, and that I noticed was a big change. Another big one I noticed, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, um, is just the time uh, of golf. Like Golfing is a very huge time commitment, and it's not something you can just go, oh, let's go golfing for a little bit. No, it, it, is a requ- it does require um, a time commitment, and I think that's one of the things that kind of gets in the way of people being able to golf more. Uh, is that aspect of putting together a whole round, com- you know, is committing you to half a day, a full day, depending how long you take. Um, so I think that aspect is, is one of the things where that those are the two big drawbacks to golf is A, the certain amount of skill that's required and B, the time commitment um, to try and get people together. And as you get older, um, people have more and more things going on, even if that thing is kids. Um, I've seen now and been exposed to just how much of a time commitment kids are. And I have a whole new appreciation um, for my family. Uh, and the time commitment does take for kids. I do get it now. That is um, a big thing. Um, and that kind of leads you into anything is, is finding activities that you can do with your kids. Um, I know uh, mine and Jess's uh, kind of best couple friend uh, is uh, they have two boys uh, the youngest one is right around uh, Jess's daughter's age and the older one's a little older. But the things we can do now, um, you know, even playing sports, they understand how the sports are played. So it's a little more enjoyable. Like I thoroughly enjoy when we get together and play floor hockey in their basement, um, soccer in the springtime, because they have certain skills already. Uh, so you can do those kind of things. I think it's good for us to do that. I think it, it's huge um, in terms of bonding. Uh, but also, I mean, keeping us active, right? So I think finding that time is really important. And it's not always easy. Um, I get that we all have busy lives, but I think that that kind of idea, and Jess and I kind of talked about it, and I think it's something to talk about for another podcast, but that kind of going back to more communal living. And I guess in my upbringing, I was always kind of, it was always very communal. I lived, you know, if it wasn't um, in a multi-generational household, it was... Um, in an apartment or a condo. Uh, I lived in a townhouse kind of set up for a long time as a child and as a teenager. And that was huge. You know, you get to know all these different people and all these different people are kind of getting to know you. They're all having their little input in raising you. And I think it makes you a better person. Um, and I think as an adult, it kind of helps you out time-wise too, is knowing that you have these other people that are looking out for your kids. And uh, we've kind of understood now like how important that is and moving forward and having that closeness, yeah, closeness even amongst the kids um, that they can all get along, get together, have a good time. So, uh, yeah, is finding that time, I think, for us to go out and kind of incorporate the kids and not do the activities kind of separate. Well, well what can we do for them? What can we do for us? Is finding things you can all do together, I think, is really um, important and, I mean, gets you up off uh, the couch. Uh, and I need that. I need that. So it's it's really good. Um, but again, so and that can be a wide variety of sports. But again, there are certain sports that, I mean, require that level of proficiency to enjoy. And another big one that I like, it's a sport I really enjoy playing um, and was actually quite good at for a long time uh, when I was younger was tennis. Um, I had a big serve and um, really could uh, hit some big ground strokes and so tennis was a big sport for me as a kid and I kind of even was one of those ones that uh, stubbornly had the one-handed backhand which has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird now in tennis 
Um, but I had a very good control over my one-handed backhand and opened up a few more weapons for me um, on the court. But tennis is a kind of an interesting sport. So you either have to be part of like a community or a club where everybody's playing tennis and has a certain degree of proficiency. Or the people that you surround yourself that you're doing activities with, you kind of almost need them to have a certain proficiency. And otherwise, it's it's thoroughly unenjoyable for everybody. It's It's one of those sports that isn't enjoyable if you're bad. And if you're playing with someone who isn't at a certain skill level, it also isn't enjoyable and be, can become quite frustrating. So while we do have a lot of really nice tennis courts, and the city, I guess, has invested some money in fixing up some of those old ones, so that is greatly appreciated. Um, they want I think they've actually put them some kind of turf now rather than uh, just the – or the ground, whatever, whatever it is. It's, it's an artificial kind of turf now rather than just the concrete that was cracked and – just awful, um, that had potholes on the court. Um, they got rid of those and kind of fixed up the tennis courts, but the problem there becomes you have to have people around you. So it's, it's kind of one of those ones, it's a wonderful sport, but can be very limiting. Um, and I mean, even still, like there's certain skills required within that. So you need to have a certain baseline proficiency in that, and it's like golf. The one thing that golf has going for it over tennis, though, is in golf you can get good at certain aspects of it. So you can get good at driving the ball, or you can get good at um, putting the ball, you can get good uh, with your wedges, whatever it is, and kind of do those little mini aspects of the game. You can go to the driving range for an hour with a buddy, and that's um, now far more feasible. You can go to the putting green, you can go to the chipping greens. Um, All of those kind of things you can kind of do within it with tennis, you don't really have that. You can rally, or you can actually play a full match. Um, but if you can't rally, you can't do anything. And there's no real derivatives to do even by yourself. I mean, what are you going to do? Go out and buy a bunch of tennis balls, put them in a bin, and then just serve? Um, now, I get it if you're trying to be a pro. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is actually what you should be doing uh, with your time. Um, but if you're me and you're not a pro uh, and just, I mean, are an amateur who can play, that's not really fun. Uh, and I remember as a kid, sadly, that was actually one of the things that I struggled with was finding people to play tennis with. So I actually uh, was lucky enough uh, that there was usually adults around um, that I could play. I'd go to tennis camp in the summertime, those kind of things. So at least I was able to find some degree of opponent. But otherwise, yeah, I spent a lot of time practicing my serve, running back and forth on the court, um, working on footwork, all of those little things, uh, which I mean is a lesson I kind of learned to project moving forward as I grew up um, and just how I study, how you can approach things, how you approach learning, how you do a lot of that, right? So um, in poker, studying poker without having anybody around having cards you know just remembering hands remembering how to play hands remembering the fundamentals of the game the mechanics of the game all of those little things kind of I was able to develop as a kid from not having others um, around uh, to play sports with um, other than when you play on a team but not having that same kind of thing having a little brother or cousin near down the street or whatever so practicing and learning a lot of skills on my own um, I mean, it served me well now, I think, actually, 
uh, as I've gotten older. Uh, but as a kid, that's hard. Um, so as an adult, yeah, I mean, I can now say after that, yeah, tennis is one of those ones. You need to be somewhat proficient at it and you need to find people that are proficient at it. Um, to enjoy even the rudimentary aspects of it. So that's kind of the one drawback there between those two sports. And then I guess you can start playing the sports like badminton and things like that. But ironically enough, even though I'm pretty good at tennis, I'm barely passable at badminton. And maybe it's because it's not tennis. Um, I just had problems with it. But I I, I struggled um, I remember entering a couple of badminton tournaments uh, in middle school and my mom uh, coming and was like embarrassed. <laughs> and poor uh, thing. So I was, I was usually pretty good at most sports, especially sports I, I would do at a competitive level. And this was one I just wasn't, I didn't understand how I wasn't better at it. Um, defensively, I was good. Like I was able to keep the birdie alive, but I was not ever really able to control the pace. And I mean, even when we'd have little in-gym class tournaments, I think one time I won the in-class tournament. I don't know how I did it. And I remember my matches being the longest. And I think it stretched it over a couple of days um, because I just had to kind of grind down my opponents. Um, Never really got control. So there are people that are phenomenal at badminton. But that's one of those ones where the amount of proficiency... Two people that aren't very proficient can go and play it and have a good time. You burn some calories. You're being active. So that one kind of gets that edge again over tennis. It's just it's a frustrating sport uh, when people start to get better. And then you're like, wait, I kind of suck. Um, but yeah, and I mean basketball courts. These are all things we can all do just to get a little more activity. And the, the biggest one is walking. Um, that's one thing as I've gotten older, um, really reengaging in walking. I busted up my ankle a few years ago and had a lot and had a hard time. And then I, uh, I've suffered kind of weirdly, f- uh, from plantar fasciitis. Uh, most of my kind of life I can remember, um, at least as I got to a teenager or something, I guess I developed as a teenager, maybe a preteen. Um, and my feet would go through periods of being incredibly sore, knock on wood. For some reason, I guess I've gotten through it. I don't know. But, uh, if you, any of you who have never had it, um, I'll just tell you right now, it is super, super painful and super, uh, uncomfortable and it's just, you, there's no contentment. Uh, so it does limit things you can do in certain sports. You can do certain activities you can do and walking. Um, you need special shoes, all these kind of things. So anyway, a uh, big thing there was getting on my plantar fasciitis, but walking has been super important in terms of walking to places and just going for walks. Um, it was one very nice and refreshing uh, when I started dating Jess when she asked me, like, do you like to go for walks? I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, me too. Like, let's do that. And we found ourselves – I don't know if we got to do it as much as we would have liked to last year, but we still found an, um, time and effort to do that. And I think right there – I mean, it was it was important. I think it got us out of the house. It's that bonding time that's super important. And time to just shoot the shit, talk, talk about things, you know, random crap. And it's therapeutic. It's nice. Um, you open up. I mean, I use it a lot to talk poker, uh, especially approaching the summer season. Uh, and, you know, if I was out with friends walking, um, you know, out with family members, whoever it would be, um, Jess, she was forced to have to listen to, even my dog. Um, you know, just that, that bonding time and kind of opening up, I find it very good for that. Uh, so... 
And it was something I got into with my grandmother. That was, um, she'd hurt her back um, relatively young. So as she got older, she um, had some pretty severe back problems. But uh, one of the big things we would try to do to strengthen her back, or at least it was take her for walks. I remember um, that was a big part of my upbringing and bonding time with my grandmother was those walks. So maybe that's just something because I had such positive associations from my grandmother and how important she's been and was in my life. Um, I just carried that forward and made it important in mine. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yes, that's a very big one. Um, walking. And yeah, I think just as summertime, it's a, it's a nice time to appreciate the nice weather. Um, you know, be active. And I'm kind of seeing, you know, it's funny because I have certain goals I'd like to get to uh, as summer approaches. And just noticing that importance of getting that training in, that hard training in the winter, I noticed, uh, made a huge difference versus... People are trying to pick up a little too late now and, and get in shape in the spring. I don't think I have that luxury, and I, I don't think I've had that luxury for a while. Um, so I think building that foundation, those building blocks uh, throughout the winter has been really good. It's not like I should say I, I've never – that I've gone through huge periods of inactivity. It's more so just um, over those last few years not making actively – doing full, extensive, strenuous workouts. You know, you'd go and do your bicep curls, you do a little bit of whatever, ride the stationary bike here and there, do some sit-ups, whatever it was, the aesthetic muscles, as I used to call them, um, to just kind of whatever. Um, but that's not good enough uh, at a certain point, and, and we all kind of have to realize that And uh, for ourselves and just make those goals for ourselves. And I was happy enough, I mean, doing that kind of exercising, like doing a little bit every day, but, you know, it wasn't at a certain point, you know, you're just doing it for the sake of doing it um, and just kind of realizing what we want our kind of health and lifestyle goals to be. And I think that this is a great way of kind of doing that is just – Utilizing those summer months to develop a lot of really good habits, um, then going back into the winter, you know, and as I said, for me, um, you know, you use the winter in a sense to build and train for the summer stuff. And then you use the summer stuff to kind of build and train towards the winter. So is what it is. Uh, but I think we, if we can all go out there and enjoy a little more time, I know I want to get really, uh, just take me to kayak. It got me into kayaking late in the season last year. So that might be something, um, she can trick me into doing again this year. It was a phenomenal workout, like absolutely phenomenal workout and very peaceful. Um, I think we might've been arguing that day though. I don't know why <laughs> I was probably being an idiot. Um, but I mean, phenomenal workout and, you know, again, that bonding time. So I think uh, finding uh, activity, um, doing it. And, that, and as I've told her, I said, you know, it's not like I've become a cottage person. I can just, I, I can appreciate it. Um, and, you know, last year, I, I think I dove a little too deep, um, if I'm being honest, into going to the cottage and all of that. Um, but this isn't anything Jess hasn't heard. So, um you know, and, and and that becomes something too, is you can't go too hard. And I've noticed over the years and, and, and throughout your 20s, you, you kind of go and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go and get in shape now. And you go, you dive head first, and then you're like, okay, I can't fucking do this anymore. Uh, you kind of have to go back to what was making you successful at that most successful point and kind of build from there and see if that was what, what it, you know, the components of your that were building on your success. 
And as I said, for me, that big one um, was kind of having your body geared properly um, to work properly and to be in that kind of where you can build and build plat and get to plateaus and get over those and whatever it might be. Um, but just having your body work more effectively and efficiently was uh, where I needed to be on a consistent basis. And as I've said before, I think I said in the last episode, I've, I've noticed a lot of things actually now in, in training regularly and, and more intensively is just things like sleep. Um, I can get by on significantly less sleep because my sleeps are better, significantly better. Uh, my energy levels, I think, are significantly increased throughout the day. Um, so just little things like that I've noticed. Um, your desire to be more active goes up. Um, and that's, you know, all those are good things. I find, you know, my mental alertness, sharpness, um, all have increased. So these are all good things um, that have come from it. And as I said, our building blocks. As I said, going into the summer, getting back into long driving, maybe teaching Jess um, or if she is able to play tennis. I think she might have said she's able to. At a, so we'll see how that is. Um, but playing, you know, uh, maybe doing that, um, rollerblading more. I, I've set a goal for myself. There was a few years ago I had seen this annual rollerblading marathon down in Grand Forks. So uh, my goal for this year is to, um, as always, I, I don't make goals to compete. Um, so my goal is to win it. Uh, whether I do or don't, I will give it my best effort. And I mean, in past years, I've talked about wanting to do, oh, this would be fun. This would be fun. But then it's like, okay, when you put in the time to train and stuff, you're like, fuck, this is not going to happen. Uh, so this year, you know, I think I feel a little more prepared to go about doing it and, uh, being able to actually have fun and, and go out there and push myself, do well, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, and then I mean, as I said, a lot going into next year, then that skating. Um, now that uh, Jess's daughter's gonna be that much bigger, um, you know, maybe now she'll have a little, if we can get her skating more often. You know, just bundle her up, go skating. Uh, that can be a nice activity for us, um, kind of as a family, but also get her skating skills up. Uh, I think I think she's taken to hockey as a sport. Um, I don't have a personal preference there, actually, believe it or not. I kind of would want her to stay away from hockey. Um, I think there's a lot of, um, I think it's kind of corrupt and all that. But uh, forgetting that, I just, um, I have my issues uh, with it. I also, I think it's a huge kind of commitment financially um, when, I mean, when, you, when I try to talk about being responsible financially, I can't now then... Or I shouldn't go and and promote. I mean, but we'll see. We'll see what the kid wants to do. Uh, if she wants to play hockey, she can play hockey. It's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, but I get it. Like how that can be a tough decision for a lot of parents. But I think that's a that's a we're we're kind of digressing here. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, we'll see. So going into next year, being able to go skating more. I'm um, knowing those um those beautiful uh public skate times. That's really nice and handy too. That was a big um, thing this year. So I think that was really the starting point of me getting back into doing more cardio activity um, and really pushing that kind of my endurance workouts more was the um, going for those skates. Um, skating was a big thing. Skating's been a big part of my life. And I think really reconnecting with that was huge and it has been huge for me. It has been very therapeutically uh, therapeutic for me um, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. So, um, again, building on that for next year. Uh, so we'll see. 
where we get with that. But anyway, um, I thank you all so much for your time um, today with this episode. Pardon me. I don't know why I felt the need to burp um, on my show, but I guess it is my show. Um, anyway, I thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. As I said, it uh, really means a lot to me. So I thank you uh, so much for the continued and growing support uh, with the podcast. Um, if you aren't already doing so, please uh, follow me on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find me both at the dude Sunny D. Once again, it's at the dude Sunny D for both Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there. Um, always trying to post interesting stuff. Um, but anyway, I thank you all for the continued growing support. Uh, it really means the world to me. Take care and bye bye for now. <laughs>